0: Hello oh, and welcome to Ben Lenny, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast.
1: I am Sir Matt, Lord of the Wood Splitting. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, also known as Lord Thankful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are into a Storm of Swords brand two again for part two of Night of the Laughing Tree uh, and to, to kind of just get caught back up after a, a Thanksgiving holiday. Matt, did you have a good holiday? Oh, yeah,
0: man. You know what? I was That's what I was going to say. I was going to call myself early last week. You know, we're always coming up with these little titles here. And, uh, you know, this past, like, weekend, I've been splitting a lot of wood because uh, we went out and got some more wood, which I love. You know, it, we got that wood stove in the living room. It's cold again. And I love going out and splitting wood. Sometimes I just listen to, like, Game of Thrones music while I'm out there just splitting wood. Just imagine, you know, what it'd be like if I was, like, a hedge knight walking around with an axe. It's sweet. I, I get i get i get real into it but you know i was think, trying to think of a good name and i should have said captain of the gravy boat because that's my favorite part of thanksgiving it's <laughs> <the> i'm here <laughs> the for the gravy yeah it's
1: the gravy train baby <laughs> yep conductor of the gravy train everything's getting gravy everything that i ate for three days had gravy on it mm-hmm. were, were, did you have a good thanksgiving jimmy I did. I I ate roughly three pounds of macaroni salad and it was it was delightful. A lot of potatoes ingested, a lot of uh, turkey bird and overall just a pretty good time. And I had a lot of time off work, which was really great. So I was able to read through this chapter again, which was cool and scour the song of ice and fire subreddit for new theories. And uh, we actually saw a feast for crows outline that got leaked way back in the day. Uh, We're going to definitely cover that, folks, if you've heard about it. If you haven't, yeah, George's Outline for Feast for Crows' original one has been leaked. Uh, We will probably cover it next episode, I imagine, because there's a lot we need to read through about it and kind of figure out how we're going to present it to everyone. Um, Because a lot of it's bullet points, but there's some interesting stuff in there. So stay tuned uh, next episode when we go over that. But yeah, it was a good holiday, dude. I, I really can't complain. Do you do one Thanksgiving or do you
0: do two? Like, you know, some people do like two, a smaller yeah. one and then like a bigger one. Yeah. So you yeah, do we both. do two.
1: We do one at uh Kelsey's parents house. And then at one at right. my house, we used to do it at Kelsey's grandfather's, but unfortunately he, his dementia got really bad. So he's actually out of the house now. And it's weird, weird year for the that side of the family, because that's been the thing they've done for 40 years, you know? So it was a little different this year, but nonetheless, I actually, I kind of like the smaller get togethers a little bit more. Uh, you don't have yeah. to pretend like yeah oh andy what have you been up to like i i don't care i don't yeah. care, right so uh it, it was nice it was a lot smaller i got to see my nieces which were great i i'm just waiting till they're old enough to where i can read them a duncan egg story like that's all i want to do <laughs> it's like read yeah. the hobbit and duncan egg to them but they are uh unfortunately not old enough yet they're only uh, two and a half and eight months so we got some yeah, yeah it might be a little time a, to go.
0: a little a little over a little over their head so which meal was better what was there something he didn't like about you know about either you know because that's where was that,
1: it whew, okay so my my at my parents house the rolls were garbage absolute trash and trash. they were yeah they were harder than the wood you were splitting and uh i did not enjoy that but everything else was gas my mom makes homemade noodles that were fantastic uh then really I. I think the turkey was just not great at my wife's uh, Thanksgiving. It just wasn't very good, dry, so very dry, very dry. Whereas my parents, actually, it was pretty good. So I'm gonna give the nod to my my family's Thanksgiving because I'm I'm very impartial to my mom's homemade noodles. What about you? Yeah, did you do one? We you did one. Right? We
0: did we did no. We did two. We do Ooh. Teresa's. We do Teresa's dad's house. On Thanksgiving which is pretty solid it's always like a small little group um, which would be like you know me and Teresa and then normally it's like well her one here's a brother lives in Vegas who we she's actually gonna go visit this weekend and then uh, her sister she usually doesn't come to that but then um, it's kind of like uh, dad is like her step families there she's like a stepbrother and stepsister and stepmom and obviously so like it's kind of them and then they always invite some like friends like uh, Teresa's dad always fights like, like a golf friend so it's literally always like random people it feels like it's always like the group plus like random people I've never met before um is usually the case but that was pretty good you know the football games that day kind of sucked like Dallas blew out Dallas blew out Washington I missed I missed the first game we were watching the dog parade and let me tell you major upset in the dog <laughs> parade how there was a great there was like a beautiful I'm not really a big great Dane fan but there's just like beautiful great Dane and like. The one I thought should have won was the Dalmatian. And they picked this tiny little thing where it's like, you can't even see its eyes. And I was like, I know what it was, but major upset. And then, of course, the Golden Retriever. How does the Golden Retriever not win? I I mean, that's like a hound in it the hound no no <laughs> no so, and we watched just... a little bit of, we watched a little bit of the uh macy's day or not the not the macy's day that's a christmas one but whatever the thanksgiving parade is and uh is that the macy's day parade
1: i think it's the macy's day parade but i'm not
0: positive to be honest with you well there's a christmas one and there's a thanksgiving
1: yeah I don't I'm, I'm firmly anti-parade actually i think it's I, I don't i think it's time to leave in the past I I mean, I I think it's over for parades.
0: It's literally like the only two parades I see uh, a year, you know, because the Steelers certainly aren't winning any Super Bowls and having a Super Bowl parade, okay? And the Portland Trailblazers out here definitely ain't winning one, so uh, definitely ain't gonna see that. But then, uh, but the food obviously was, you know, solid, great desserts, everything. And then on Saturday we did like her big family because her dad is like one of seven, so we did that big Thanksgiving and they did brisket instead of doing turkey which you know it's like the second thanksgiving so briskets pretty solid i will say some people brought fruit i mean i know it's still just kind of like a big thing but who who's eating fruit on thanksgiving like you don't like fruit no i like fruit but i it's like on thanksgiving it's kind of I, I don't know you know i mean it doesn't fit the vibe it's like it's no i mean vegetables for sure you know like i don't know we always had peaches
1: like fresh peaches like peach slices no no peaches and
0: cream no fruit on thanksgiving frank it's supposed to be like a a fall festival you know it's like aren't apples very fall i guess apples are you know i did have apple pie i did have a slice of apple pie (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was that was that was my fruit. Okay, it's it's, it's like apple pie.
0: I suppose. (laughs) Pumpkin pie. Yeah, you know, pumpkin pie this year. I just wasn't feeling as much as I was the apple pie.
1: I mean, apple pie is superior. So,
0: yeah, pumpkin pie sometimes can be like just this weird, like soggy mess. You know, if you yeah, it's got to be firm. Or yeah, if you do if you do it too firm, it's like well you know you're eating like I don't know dump yeah so but yeah other than that it was good and then Saturday so Saturday obviously football was way better except you know uh, Michigan cheated once again and stole signs from Ohio State and Ohio State lost so I mean there, there was that of of course but yeah Let's
1: go Wolverines
0: <laughs> get, get them out of here yeah so <laughs> uh, I'm way more excited for college football this year than I think I am the NFL
1: because. The NFL this year is kind of boring, to be honest, only because your Steelers are finally mediocre and it's a beautiful thing. I I don't don't know. know. Even even some
0: even some of the top teams, you know, but hey. The New York Jets might be coming back as Aaron Rodgers might be coming back, which means George might be coming back to writing. Okay, which is good because all the news we have about uh, some of the other projects in A Song of Ice and Fire are not so good jimmy because uh, as
1: you uh reminded me
0: there was a panel i'm not exactly sure what that was it a panel or there was, was some like con panel
1: that kit harrington was on. i think it was in europe but i might be
0: wrong right anyway he was asked about the snow series and sort of said like yeah that's kind of on really like the back burner like that's gonna be probably a
1: while before we see that so yeah and we kind of talked about this because like george was very upfront about it but you know this is really Kit Harrington's project, supposedly, and he's I mean, he made it sound like not as it on ice, but like hopefully they call me again one day and it's the right time kind of deal. Um, I had a suspicion that that show was going to be stifled because Kit Harrington's attitude about it changed very abruptly, uh, like w- the way he was speaking about it, uh, whenever he was on Conan or Jimmy Fallon or whatever it was. Right. And they asked about it, Jimmy seemed- Fallon. Yeah, he seemed way less uh, forthcoming with details and i had a feeling then that maybe it was in trouble so as far as we know it's on ice uh and they're pretty much you know the the whole thing in the first place was kind of sort of like it was like leaked right
0: like it was never like Mm -hmm. he came out and was like hey we're doing this it was never like hey like we're we're," like this thing it was kind of like just leaked that like oh hey this is something that's being it was massive Yeah, exactly. And then it just like sort of broke the internet and it was like, oh, okay. And then when he was asked about it, maybe he was like, yeah, like, you know, like maybe he was, maybe he was pushing it. We thought he was pushing it down because he's not allowed to talk about it. Right. Which is the case with a lot of big shows like that. They're like, sometimes they sign like very hardcore, like NDAs and, oh, you know, uh, things like that. So, but maybe now it seems like when it was announced, it was sort of like, well, i have an idea and i've pitched it they've said yeah we want to explore that and then maybe when he was asked about it he's like he was like i can't really say a lot about it mainly because maybe there isn't a lot to say about
1: it it yeah, seems no, like there's the no way, pilot or script yet so
0: yeah it seemed like what when george sort of was talking about it too because remember if the original post george said was hey there's like three shows in development This was then he then revealed after it was announced that, oh, hey, this is one of those things I had mentioned in that blog post, which also should let us know that when George says, hey, there's like eight, 10 shows in development, development does not mean like it's coming out next year. Development means, hey, we discussed it and we said, yeah, we'd like to explore that further.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're essentially uh, doing what we would call spike uh, in in coding terms, I guess. But I am. I think it's okay. I, I'm I'm really happy with what they're focusing on, but it was interesting to hear Kit Harrington kind of say that because we hadn't heard much of an update from him. So uh we can say for sure that it's pretty much just gonna be Duncan Egg at this point, and then maybe at a, a later date, you know, something will be picked up out of the uh out of the backlog.
0: Yeah, exact exactly. And of course that's all that's still the, the one that's like the most difficult of anything to do because zero source you know, material zero source well potentially some source material uh if you're gonna pull from stuff
1: know, that like wasn't some, adapted
0: yeah. yeah stuff stuff that wasn't stuff that wasn't adapted but yeah maybe he's like george i want to let you finish wins first you know i mean i mean it wouldn't be the the whole de- <laughs> yeah the whole deal is with kate Harrington. is he's not really like in a bunch of stuff it was the like the surprising Mm -hmm. thing about this which is where we thought because i remember it seemed like he was writing this like during COVID. so maybe really is like when COVID hit and like we're like remember lockdown lockdown COVID. um he was just like hey all right here's an idea about something and then that's sort of where it went to so i don't know maybe we'll maybe we'll never see it maybe it'll be another thing that's in development for a really long time like sometimes when you go back and you actually look at movies and stuff like that and you're like, wow, this thing was actually in, like, development for years. Like, the Lincoln movie, I remember hearing about that, like, you know, in, like, 2006 or something like that. And then it finally came out in, yeah. like, 2014, or, you know, or something like that. So, like, sometimes that, that happens.
1: Yeah, it does. I think um, Top Gun 2 was in development
0: for, like, 30 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and things are always changing, too, right? Especially in, in this day and age of streaming. Yeah, exactly, so... All
0: right, uh, any other news before we dive into the the episode here, Jimmy?
1: No, I don't think so. I think it's uh I think it's finally time to tackle the night of the laughing tree.
0: Okay, well, let's dive in here. So, again, this is a part two of where we were at before, and this is really gonna be kind of like a dive into Howland Reed. So, with well, the last time we talked, we talked about everything that took place essentially before Mira tells this story about a knight the the chronic man right so mm-hmm. that's where things get really kind of interesting here so um they it all it all kind of starts because Hodor says Hodor and then Bran says well that's not Hodor's name and then he talks about old Nan a little bit and he's like well old Nan wasn't her name and then it says you know they talk about like well, old Nan has stories and so she says you know do you know any stories he asked the reeds all of a sudden mir laughed oh a few a few, her brother admitted. Uh, and if you know the funny thing about that is like a few, her brother admitted. Like, we don't really know exactly because you're reading it, the, the the framing around that. She might know a lot more, she might just know a few. Like it's kind of one of those things that's hard to pick up exactly because you're reading it as text, and yeah. it doesn't really get, get placed in the show, so we don't really get to see the context of it. And you could it's really hard to trust anything that uh, Roy Dutrice says as the audio <laughs> yeah, he, he <laughs> he yeah. he's he's not he's another reliable source for even things that you know where tone is something as how you adhere it so um you could tell one said brand while we walked Hodor likes stories about knights I do too. There are no knights in the neck said Jojen above the water her sister corrected the bogs are are full of dead ones, though. That's true. Andals and Ironmen, Freys and other fools, all those proud warriors who set up to conquer Grey Water, not one of them could find it. They rode into the neck and not back out. So here we go. So um, as we go in here, there was one knight, said Mira, in the year of the False Spring, the knight of the Laughing Tree, they called him. He might have been a chronic man, that one or not, Jojen's face was dappled with green shadows. Prince Bran has heard that tale a hundred times, I'm sure. No, said Bran, I haven't. And if I have, it doesn't matter. Sometimes old Nan would tell me the same story she told me before, but we never mind it. It's, uh, if it was a good story, if it was a good story, old stories are like old friends, she used to say. You have to visit them from time to time. Now that line, I wanna pause great, there right great now. Great, great line is a great line just as, as itself, about stories. Old stories are like old friends, she used to say. You have to visit them from time to time. As a, Just as a line, that's a that's a great line about stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much context in the last paragraph, it's like insane. So for starters, there was one night, said Mira in the year of the fall spring, right? She says he might have been a chronic man that one. This is where things start to get interesting because the story she's about to tell us is so obviously the story of Helen Reed, but she never refers to him as Helen Reed, like her father. And then they then they assume that Bran has heard this story. So the que- the whole question about this entire story is does she know this is her dad? Or is this a story she's been told? And I mean, what what do you think, Jimmy?
1: So I think she's going about this in a very much this is a tale type of way and not mentioning that it's her father and wanting to see what Ned has told Bran. I think I think Mira uh, and Jojen know about Jon Snow. I think that they don't want to mess up by giving him information they weren't supposed to to disclose to him at this point. And I think that they're trying to kind of feel around for it and maybe and maybe they're telling it in this manner just to see if brand picks up on certain things but yeah i think mira knows that this is her father i do yeah so okay so that the, i i agree with you on that i also love that it says
0: Jojen's face was drappled was dappled with green shadows you know what i mean it's just like as the story is beginning to go on yeah and Jojen's the one who also says or not as if he knows that brand doesn't know this story, and then it specifically says with green shadows, like in you know, yeah, green shadows and, specifically,
1: and also the the uh, chronic man, right? Green, and Green. It's kind of like a hint, like, hey, it's their dad. Yeah, yeah, or no? Uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah. Um, excuse me,
0: I'm sorry. So he might have heard that one. The way it's it's on the page is, is so. It's actually Mira. Hold on, Who is it that actually says that? Because Prince Bran has heard that tale a hundred times. So it's Jojen who says Prince Bran has heard the tale a hundred times. It's Mira who says, or not. It's just the way it's on the page. Um, It actually looks. So yeah. Anyway, so then Bran says, no, I haven't. And then Bran is actually the one who says the thing about old Nan. You know, you have to visit them from time to time, which we know Ned Stark has not visited Hal and Reed which is kind of like the ironic, you know, funny thing mm-hmm. about, about this whole thing. But that's a great way for George as the author to display it to us, to set us up for this entire story of Mira thinks brands heard it. Jojen says, or Mira doesn't think brands heard it. Jojen says, I think he has. And then, cause later Jojen asks him, he's like, are you sure your dad's never told you that story? And then here you have brand saying this thing about old Nan again, setting this story up. So, mm-hmm. So that's true. Mira walked with her shield on her backpack, pushing an occasional branch out of the way with her frog spear. Just when Bran began to think that she wasn't gonna tell the story, she began. Once there was a curious lad who lived in the neck. He was small like all chronic men, but brave and smart and strong as well. He grew up hunting and fishing and climbing trees and learned all the magics of my people. So there, again, it's also like she's already saying like we have magic right? Mm-hmm. And all the magics of my people. So all my people have these magic. Now, some of this stuff is like when they refer to like chronic man magic, I would imagine what they're talking about is like using the frog spear, maybe understanding like how swamps work. And I don't know, like water currents, perhaps, I don't know. Cause I, they never really dive super deep into what exactly like chronic man magic is compared to other things. Yeah, But I would imagine it's some kind of thing to do with like green dreams and maybe some, you know, I mean, like Blood Raven uses like a sorcerer and uses like glamoring and things like that. So perhaps they know some like, you know, medicine by using this plant and they never go into it.
1: Yeah, I think it's also good context to keep in mind that this is a story that has been passed down since this event and that uh, like all stories, things get added in. It gets kind of uh, embellished a little bit. And we have to keep keep our, you know, mind about us whenever we're listening to this story, because like I think you're right. I think the magic is probably more of like knowing the land, right? Knowing when the fog rolls in and where you can walk and where you can't and all of that. So that's that's my guess. But who knows? Maybe there is some magic over there in the swamps.
0: So Bran specifically asks her and he says, did he have green dreams like Jojen? No, said Mira, but he could breathe mud and run on leaves and change earth to water and water to earth with no more than a whispered word. He could talk to trees and weave words and make castles appear and disappear. So some of that I think also could just be like he knows the lay of the land Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean. When you think of embellishments, yeah, exactly. Like breathe mud. I think it's like, okay, he knows how to like walk, you know, like swim through mud where it's not, you're not going to sink, you know, stuff like that. Um, but she does, he does specifically say, Does he have green dreams? And she said, No, which then makes you wonder why Jojen would have green dreams like what and 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 she's talking about the magic of my people. So the kind of funny thing about the, or I guess the interesting thing about he could talk to trees and weave words is because when we hear about like the children of the forest and some you know originally back in like the world of ice and fire when they talk about that when they talk about the the sound that they made sounds like leaves rustling and like the wind and it sounds like nature essentially and that's kind of what's being said here. Mm-hmm. So Bran says I wish I could Uh, you know, which we know he's going to be able to talk to trees. So when did he meet the tree knight? Mira made a face at him uh, sooner if a certain prince will be quiet. You know, the the lad knew the magics of the chronic, she continued, continued, but he wanted more. Our people seldom travel far from home, you know, we're a small folk and our ways seem queer to some. So the big people do not always treat us kindly. But this lad was bolder than most. And one day, when he had grown to manhood, he decided he would leave the Cronugs and visit the Isle of Faces. No one visits the Isle of Faces, objected Bran. That's where the green men live. If the, It was the green men he meant to find. So he donned a shirt sewn with bronze scales, like mine, took up a leathern shield and a three-pronged spear, like mine, and paddled a light-skinned boat down the green fork. Bran closed his eyes, and he's trying to Imagine this. In his head, the chronic men looked like jo- Jojen, only older and stronger and dressed like Mira. He passed beneath the twins by night, so the phrase would not attack him, and when he reached the trident, he climbed from the river and put his boat on his head and began to walk. It took him many a day, but he finally reached the god's eye, threw his boat in the lake, and paddled out to the Isle of Faces. Did he meet the green men? Yes, said Mira, but that's another story and not for me to tell
1: makes you feel like there's someone who is going to tell that story and that story just might be howlin uh, reed exactly
0: now the funny thing and we'll get to it all here in a bit is everything so the way this story begins is that howlin reed is like one of the most powerful chronic man magic users he's bold he's adventurous he wants more than he already has but the story we're sort of presented in other times about Alan Reed is that everything that happens at the turning night uh, the you know the turning at Harrenhal is because he's like weak and he gets
1: beat up by these squires. And well, yeah, he he can be brave but also frail, right? Like, and that that maybe that's what makes him brave is the fact that his people are so much smaller and they're kind of usually isolated to their area. But he is the one to kind of take that step out. Like, it's almost a fantasy story on its own of like. You know the great adventure type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it almost reminds you of hobbits a little bit, does it not? Little guy leaving a his little bit, down, yeah, getting smacked around a little bit. I mean, I think that that's pr- fairly uh, common in fantasy stories. So maybe bit off a little bit more he could chew, and that's why he ended up getting smacked at uh, the tourney at Harrenhal.
0: Yeah. Um. Let me see here. I just want to see. Because they're about to say they're about to talk about a winter. And so we don't know exactly how long this lasted. But it's believed. I mean, it seemed like this winter lasted at least like almost a year. Um so because the next thing that's said, one second here, is so he's there, he goes to the Isle of Faces. All that winter, the chronic stayed on the aisle. But when the spring broke, he heard the wide world calling and knew the time had come to leave. Which, how does he hears the world calling? Like, it's not like he hears, like, they say trumpets or something because there's an attorney next door. Just says the world is calling him. Um, Maybe that
1: world is uh, Bran.
0: Who knows? That's a That's a great point. So he says his farewells and paddled off towards shore. He rode and rode and finally saw distant towers of a castle riding beside the lake. You know, we know that's going to be Hall, You know, Mira smiled. was it? You know, so that, that right there too, the was it, like, lets you know she knows more about the story and she knows, like, where it's going and she's presenting mm-hmm. it to Bran. So he gets there and, you know, they start talking about there's great smelling meats and laughter and attorney. The king is there. With his son, the Dragon Prince, the White Swords had come as well uh, to welcome a new brother in their ranks. The Storm Lord was on hand and the Rose Lord as well. The Great Lion that continues. The chronic man had never seen such pageantry and he knew he might never see the like again. Part of him wanted nothing to do, nothing to be part of it. Brand knew that feeling that brand knew that feeling well enough when he'd been little. All he'd ever dreamed of was being a knight, but he had but that had been before he lost his legs. The daughter of the great castle reigned as queen of love and beauty when the tourney opened. Five champions had sworn to defend her crown. For her four brothers of Harrenhal and her famous uncle, a white knight of the king's guard. Um, you know, she says, was she a fair maid? Yes, but there were others fairer still one was the wife of the dragon prince who brought a dozen lady companions to attend her the knights all begged them for her favors about you know to tie about their lances this isn't going to be one of those love stories is it uh you know brand asks and then hodor says hodor agreeably um he likes the stories where knights fight monsters too which is also a a great line about about hodor mm-hmm. sometimes the knights are the monsters brand which is a great come back too, so good <laughs> so good for so many reasons as we get to the little chronic man was walking across the field enjoying the warm spring day and harming none when he was set upon by three squires they were none older than 15 yet even so they were bigger than him all three this was their world as they saw and he had no right to be there they snatched away his spear knocked him to the ground cursing him for a frog eater uh, were they Walders? You know, it sounds like something that the Walders would have done. None offered a name, but he marked their faces and so he could have revenge upon them later. They shoved him down. Every time he tried to rise, he got knocked down again. Then they heard a roar. That's my father's man you're kicking, howled of the she wolf. A wolf on four legs or two? Two. The she-wolf laid into the squires with a tourney sword, scattering them all. The chronic man was bruised and bloodied, so she took him back to her lair to clean his cuts and bind them up with linen. There he met her pack brothers, the wild wolf who led them, the quiet wolf beside them, and the pup who was the youngest of the four. That evening, there was meant to be a feast in Heron Hall to mark the opening of the tourney, and the she-wolf insisted that the lad attend. He was of high, uh, of high birth, which has as much right to a place in the bench as any other. She was not easy to refuse this wolf maid. So he let the youngest pup find him garb suitable for a king's feast. Um, and they went to the great ta- castle. They ate under the roof. You know, they continue on a little bit here, too. They talk about some of the other people that are moose, bears, mermen. The dragon prince sang a song so sad it made the wolf maid sniffle. But when her pup brothers teased her for crying, she poured wine over his head. A black brother spoke, asking for knights to join, them, for people to join the Night's Watch. The Storm Lord drinks, <clears throat> a knight of skulls and kisses the uh, in a wine cup war. The chronic men saw a maid with laughing purple eyes dance with a white sword, a red snake, and the Lord of Griffins, and lastly with the Quiet Wolf, but only after the Wild Wolf spoke to her on her behalf of a brother too shy to leave his bench. Um, you know this. Kind of continues on a little bit here. Um, the, You know, the phrase are there uh, and Brand saying, oh, I know that I know those those sigils. The wolf maid saw them too and pointed them out to her brothers. I could find you a horse and some armor that might fit, the pup offered. The little chronic man thanked him but gave no answer. His heart was torn. Chronic men are smaller than most, but just as proud. The lad was no knight and uh, no more than any of his people. We sit a boat more often than a horse and our hands are made for oars, not lances. Much as he wished to have his vengeance, he feared he would only make a fool of himself and shame his people. Uh, the quiet wolf offers something, you know, a place to stay that night, and it sort of continues on. And as the re- as they're reading, you know, it says he. Uh, but before he slept, he looked across the water to where the Isle of Faces would be and said a prayer to the old gods of North and Neck. And as he's as this is being presented, so this is important. As you're saying, oh, the prayer to the gods of the north and neck, Jojen immediately interrupts and says, You never heard this tale from your father. And he says it was old Nan who told the stories. Um, and so then you know, Hodor and all this stuff. And then so, like, what do you think about that too? That Jojen like specifically interrupts at that point about the gods. Hmm. Anything from it, or is that just or is that just Jojen interrupting?
1: See, I just took it for Jojen interrupting. Um but I'm just wondering. So, so the, 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 there's a couple different things, right? So I think Jojen is surprised that Edard Stark has not told Bran this. And this is what they were kind of trying to verify with keeping the story kind of like a tale and also possibly was waiting for maybe the fact that Edard did not tell Bran this exact story, but pieces of, of a bigger story and that Bran would start putting it together. But Bran is taking it just as a story. So I, I I think that's part of it. But then I think about Bran and his powers that he's going to have from Werewood and Bloodraven. And maybe that's linked to the gods. Maybe that is the old guy. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. maybe maybe Jojen sitting there with a lot of foresight saying, Bran, we're talking like you're the gods.
0: Yeah. So we've heard that knights might be monsters. Right. I mean, there's a there's a line, but sometimes the knights are the monsters. So, like, it's almost like be above them. And we're hearing about Chronicman magic. Like, there's so many elements to this outside of just the story, which I think is what, you know, on on a first and second, even third time read. I mean, this is like the fifth time I'm probably reading this and I still feel like I'm learning something new every time. You know, it's because the first time you read it, you're like, oh, you're just hearing the story. okay? like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. the she wolf and all that stuff catches you off guard. The second time I went back and I the thing that surprised me the most of like just whenever reading this like in general not like Specifically for today's episode My big focus is on howland because there's so so much of it just didn't like add up to me I was like how is somebody who is capable of going to the Isle of Faces which like nobody does And he does and he's described as having all this chronic magic and everything. How does he actually get bullied by three squires? like does he purposely get bullied by three squires so that the wolves can come aid him and set this entire thing off.
1: That is possible. And I mean, if you
0: want to get, if you want to get real tinfoil theory here, you know, we've talked about like bootstrap theories and time theories. What's to say? Brand didn't talk to him through the trees. You know, I, I, I still love the idea that we could be living inside of a like alternate, like this entire story could be set inside. Cause the show is for the show to work. You are already inside of an alternate universe in which brand has influenced the past.
1: Yes. Without a doubt.
0: You know what I mean? Like you, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're already in a different timeline, but so I do think it's possible that the he, listening to the world, he went to Hall could absolutely, especially the owl faces, right? That Bran or Hoot blood Raven, whoever could have kickstarted this thing off. I will also say it's likely that he got beat up by three squires because his power is in the environment mm-hmm. of the net uh, of the swamps. Right. And that's where his magic comes from. It makes it an even battlefield for him because he knows how to maneuver. So when he's outside of that, at Harrenhal in a, in a normal fight uh, with, with squires that maybe three of them, you know, could beat him down and he did keep trying to get up. I mean, it takes a lot of wherewithal to be able to get back to your feet, but it's more interesting that there's a two footed wolf who we know to be Lyanna Stark. Yeah.
0: Uh, another another small detail here I want to point out. So, as as it's kind of continuing, Jojen interrupts them. Uh, you know, she goes on to talk about their five days of jousting. There was a great melee, and she starts going on about there's a horse race and some of these other things. And as she's doing it, brand's like, never mind about that. Tell me about the jousting. So there was a piece to this story that gets cut off because brand's like, I don't care about the rest. Stupid that brand Mira, that Mira obviously wants to tell him, and like the importance of her telling this story, she has a specific way of which she wants to do it. You know, the other thing about the gods, too, about like, oh, he prayed yeah. to these gods and these guys. And JoJo's like, ah, get rid of that. Maybe because Jojen is being influenced by the three eyed crow and the three eyed crow is like, no, I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe that's like super reading into into I it. Think, I think it's
1: fun to think about.
0: But it's just very interesting that Jojen specifically interrupts. I mean, Jojen certainly has been influenced by the three eyed crow. So his perception of gods and other things may be totally different. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're like have a certain, when you're a certain, even when you have like a certain political belief in our world, you know, sometimes you'll be at like Thanksgiving and you can start to hear something going a certain path that you may or may not agree with. And you're like, "Ah, I'm just going to kind of maybe try to redirect this so we don't get into like a big fight over, you know, politics, like whichever side you're, you're on. You know what I mean? Like we've all been there before where, you know, you start to hear something about, well, it's what you voted for. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, you <laughs> know, you know what I mean. You know
1: what I mean? Was like, the who pumpkin pie.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In other news, you know, like something like that. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean that like the three eyed crow was like influencing him in that moment, but certainly. So that's just kind of interesting that Mira wants to tell this a certain way, and then it gets cut a few times because it seems like she has an objective with this story.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's also probably George being like, you think you're going to get a bunch sure. of answers right here and I'm not ready to give them to you. Uh, I think so. It's all, there's also that part of it where George is kind of toying with us a little bit, very frustrating because uh, brand could have easily let them just tell the damn story, but it just shows you yeah, like, Georgian. yeah, Brandus just doesn't have any idea of what he's in for at all. He's he's still a kid. Yeah.
0: He is. I bet he's learning. Also, there is a story for another time too that's also in this. That's like, what? You know oh, what I mean? Like, oh, right now. Yeah, exactly. Um so it uh it continues on a, a little bit here too where she's you know talk about the jousting and stuff like that um and she starts to get into it right the daughter of the castle was the queen of love and beauty her four brothers you know um some of the stuff you know we already know uh, but really it's the second day where things get a little interesting when a mystery knight appears from the list mystery knights you'd often appear attorneys they talk about a little bit um you know the dragon knight once wore attorney appeared as Mystery Knight, we know. Bran says it was the Chronic Man, I bet. No one knew, said Mira, but the Mystery Knight was short of stature and clad in ill-fitting armor made up of bits and pieces. The device upon his shield was a heart tree of the old gods, a white weirwood with a laughing red face. Maybe it came from the Isle of Faces, said Bran. Was he green? In Old Nan's stories, the Guardians had dark green skin and leaves instead of hair, which... like the children of the forest but that's kind of interesting too the guardians of the isle of Faces, like that's the only time we ever hear about that like specifically yeah do these differ from the other children of the forest exactly and like the green men like because the the children of the forest that we meet are like female i guess you know because it's like a leaf at she may not be like, you know, the way it works for them. We, we don't know, but it's like, obviously yeah. the way she's, she's presented as a, as of like a female, they may have male and female ones. It may just be whatever. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so the green men could just be green from the forest too. Uh, you didn't know, say they're male version. We don't know. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, continues on, it says some, uh, s- sometimes they had antlers too, but brand didn't see how, it, how the mystery knight could have worn a helmet. If he had antlers, which is funny because, you know, Robert Brathian's helmet does have antlers on it. It's a helmet, mm-hmm. but you know, um, I bet the old gods sent him. Perhaps they did. The mystery knight dipped his lance before the king and rode to the end of the list where the five champions had their uh, pavilions. You know, the three that challenged, you know, they, they talk about that. You know, he brand says he was a little chronic man. I told you. Whoever he was, the old gods gave strength to his arm. The Porcupine Knight fell first, then the Pitchfork Knight, then lastly, the Knight of the Two Towers. None were well loved, so the common folk cheered for the Knight of the Laughing Tree, as the new champion soon was called. When his fallen foes sought to ransom horse and armor, the Knight of the Laughing Tree spoke in a booming voice through his helm, saying, Teacher Squire's answer, that shall be ransom enough. Once the defeated knights chastised their squires, you know the horses and armors were returned, and so the little chronicsman prayer was answered by the green man, by the green men, or the old gods, or the children of the forest. Who can say? And we talked about that a little bit last time. That <clears throat> remember, maybe she was going to say the children of the forest too before Jojen interrupted her, like the old gods or the gods of the neck or the but Brandon or but Jojen interrupts her. Here it's always the old gods or the new gods, but here it's the green men or the old gods or the children of the forest. So it just kind of shows you the way that Mira, or at least this story being presented, if Mira is telling us verbatim how she's learned it from Howland and her mother, or if she's embellishing here and she's displaying it in the way she wants it to be presented, which feels like it might be slightly different than Jojen interesting
1: yeah yeah you wonder if all these things are the same thing or if, or if they really are different and separate entities yeah
0: hmm. uh, we'll continue we'll or continue on here is because it's almost over Um, so then we know you know that uh, the the next thing that happened is the night of the van van, van- the night of the lashing tree vanishes and the king is upset because the king thinks they were mocking was you know sent to mocking him um, the king was, was Roth and even sent his son, the dragon prince to seek the man. But all they ever found was his painted shield hanging abandoned in a tree. It was the dragon prince that won the tourney in the end. Brand says, oh, that was a good story, but it should have been three bad knights who hurt him, not their squires. Then the little chronic man could have killed them all. Then so like Brand is saying, you know, like, I didn't like this part of the story. I didn't like this part <laughs> as if it's like a mate, a completely made up story. As yeah. As and like the, is- story, the story is complete fiction
1: yeah and on your first read through if you're just kind of cruising through you could probably be with brand and be like I'm here, and them telling stories but like you know if you have any wherewithal at all you you know that something's being relayed to us here through the story exactly so, dude yeah
0: <laughs> it, 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 real quick here because so he goes on he says you know um all the mystery nights should And the mystery knight should win the tourney, defeating every challenger, and name the wolf maid the queen of love and beauty. She was said, Mira, but that's a sadder story, which feels different from the other story of like Howland, you know. So, like, oh, there's a so there's two more stories to really learn from this whole thing.
1: Are you you think we'll get those stories from Mira?
0: Yes, uh, from Mira, maybe not, but certainly we will get them. I mean, we sort of. No, we sort of get some of the other stories. Um, so Jojen asks again real quick here, Are you certain you've never heard this tale before, Bran? asked Jojin. Your Lord, your Lord Father never told it to you. Bran shakes his head, you know, and then and it just you know, the day was growing old and the shadows were creeping down. Um, if the little chronic man could visit the Isle of Faces, maybe I could too. All the tales agreed that the green men had strange magic powers. Maybe they could help him walk again, even turn him into a knight. They turned the little chronic man into a knight. Even if it was only for a day, he thought a day would be enough.
1: Hmm. Makes you feel like the Isle of Faces is going to be like a big thing towards the end of the series. Yeah. You know what
0: I, you know, when I was first, when I was reading even watching Game of Thrones for the first time, because I think I watched like seasons, I watched like the first few seasons and then I like started reading. What I what I thought was going to happen was <laughs> after Ned Stark got killed, I was like, okay, this is all going to come down to like Joffrey versus Bran and it's going to be like Bran with like magic, like powers letting him walk again. And it's that's going to be like the final battle is like Joffrey versus Bran. <laughs> That's seriously what i thought i thought, the, I thought the, you know when i was well, reading it with, without any context of like you know seasons four you know seasons four five, yeah. five six and seven and like without having read you know a storm of swords and a feast for crows and a dance of dragons that's where i that's totally where i thought the whole thing was going to go
1: well george's original outline rob stark kills joffrey in the field of battle so yeah back in the og uh outline so you you just had the wrong stark and you would have been in line right. with his original idea but it is kind of fun to think about like what you thought before getting all the information influence. Yeah. And influence influenced by the thing. So, yeah, so this whole chapter really,
0: and again, you know, this is part two, obviously. So the whole chapter itself is really kind of two parts and they're both very interesting in their own. Right. But obviously the, the big breakdown is the second part, which is the night of the laughing tree and the turning at Heron Hall story. So again, as we've been talking, some of the big breakdowns from this Mira specifically calls this person the Chronic Man. We, you know, obviously can assume that it's Howlin' Reed. And then we hear about the other wolves, right? The quiet one, the shy one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who we know. Um, we don't know who the la- Night of the Laughing Tree is s- still uh, to the, to this point. Uh, the two big theories are that the knight of the Laughing Tree is uh, Howlin' Reed, or the Night of the Laughing Tree was actually Lyanna Stark, who I actually, thats I do not think it was Howlin' Reed. No, no,
1: mean, it, it, it's it has to be uh Liana, uh, in, in right. my opinion. So, the reason why I think that is because this is the perfect opportunity for Rhaegar and Liana to meet prior to her getting you know the honor of being uh the, the maid of honor or whatever it's called. I, I'm forgetting right now, but um, th- this sets up that meeting that is so important to the entire series in the in the baseline of the story. So, it, it isn't just some random happenstance where Lyanna Stark is sitting there and then Rhaegar gives her this thing. Cause to everyone else, this is the first time they've interacted that we know of. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just Mm -hmm. seems like Rhaegar has done this thing where he kind of dishonors his wife, Ilya, and has essentially elevated a Stark. And everyone's like, why would he do that? And then people just assume, uh, Lyanna Stark would go along with this, which does feed into the, the perception or the viewpoint that Rhaegar kidnaps her, Rapes are all these terrible things, but what they don't know and what we do know, I would say from this story is that most likely Lyanna Stark went night of laughing tree, did this thing, and then ends up meeting Rhaegar whenever she's helping Helen Reed. right? So there's a whole relationship start that everyone else doesn't have. So it's just really important context, I think, for the entire series story. And the people who think that is not Lyanna Stark usually remark about the booming voices. uh, The booming voice, and could a 14-year-old girl, uh, I think she's 14 or 15, I think, could she really dethrone some knights? But first off, we have to remember that George has 14 and 13-year-olds doing crazy things, some inappropriate, uh, and this is a fantasy world. So in this universe, yes, it could happen. And the booming voice is most likely just from uh helmet, right? The helmet can make it a booming loudly. Uh, it doesn't mean that the voice was super duper deep. Uh, I so I'm I'm of the opinion that Liana Stark is definitely this. Also, we see Bran have a vision of her beating Benjen like pretty bad with the practice swords. So we know that Liana was martially gifted, and also Aria is kind of a mirror to her as well. So for me. There's no one else it could be than Lyanna Stark. I actually don't. The only other person it could possibly be like Benjen, but I don't really think that that's that compelling. I don't think it helps the story all that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I just want to. I'm just pulling something up here real quick here. Um, because something that we did way back uh, in the day was, a mega four part tourney at Heron Hall thing on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy and I Jimmy and I have talked about actually redoing this because you and I haven't done it. And it's yeah. by a it is by a Reddit user, somebody who's written like a ton of stuff. It's I think it's Cantus is how it's pronounced. I've even heard him, I've even watched a video of him saying, or it's like can't use, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, has this mega like almost like manifesto level theory written about the uh, Turning of Hall. and like everything that happens and it goes in a really different direction than I think I've sort of ever thought about it, or at least I not initially ever thought about it in that the way he writes it is that it's not necessarily that Rhaegar was like, he like may meet Lyanna, but maybe he doesn't like initially sort of fall like in love with her. And he's like, Oh um, song of ice and fire and all this stuff like, like cause some of the arguments about, the tourney at Herod is does Rhaegar go in knowing he's going to crown Lyanna Stark, queen of love and beauty because it's ice and fire and she's the one and all these things, or do things just happen to go that way and he gets into it. And what he ultimately argues is that part of the reason Rhaegar kidnaps Lyanna Stark is, is because of the things that happen to, like, the Nightly Laughing Tree and that the Mad King may begin to find out that that's who it was. And she is, remember, she's, like, at, like, I think, like, the end of the Crossroads or something. Like, she's, she's not in Winterfell when she's abducted. And so it's, like, really he goes to backpedal because all of the things about Hall are that Rhaegar is actually, like, secretly trying to set up all of these alliances to overthrow his dad. So there's like the mystical element of and Reed being there. And did he know about it by going to the Isle of Faces? When he hears the world call, he decides I have to go to this tourney, right? And he gets there and it sets off this huge chain of events that influences the other big political thing that was already happening. So like, I mean,
1: is like the whole deal. Yeah, it's, it's it's the root it's of like the whole story.
0: Whole, the whole deal is because of Heron Hall.
1: Yeah, and this is you know why George is supposedly writing a Broadway play whether we ever see it uh remains to be seen, but I, I think another thing is is like if Helen Reed is aware. So the, my idea is that she cleans up Helen Reed becomes nightlife tree. Rhaegar at that moment meets her, right? And Rhaegar says he has a moment where he's like, "Oh, this is it. I don't think he went in going, Lyanna Stark's going to be there. I'm going to do this. I think it was probably in the moment in the prophecy. We think he was reading Aegon's prophecy probably and why he requested that he had to be a warrior or whatever. So I think it's in the moment. And I also think Helen Reed, knowing that he was the catalyst for those two to meet is really important to and Reed's Actions, or I should say inactions in the series. Because remember, Helen Reed does not come to Winterfell when he's requested by Ned. Everyone came except for Helen Reed. Um, Helen Reed also never came whenever Bran requested him to come. So you have you have to kind of reconcile these things. And I think it's that Helen Reed is most likely in mourning that all of this stuff happened, you know, with Liana and Rhaegar and Bobby Baratheon getting on. the. Th- all of it happened because... Of him being beat down by the squires and then obviously Liana saving him. They meet that's where Rhaegar and her meet. And he kind of feels that weight. And that's why he's just like, I'm never getting involved again. That 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 that's kind of what I feel like. And maybe he was he, a, he knew he was a pawn. He-
0: but he but he is involved enough to dispatch his children. See, a lot of people are like, you know, when you hear the Stark, like, don't go south. Like, you want nothing to do with the Lannisters. You want nothing to do with this. He, disp- he dispatches two of his kids to be like, nope, you guys got to go. And like, I need you to go right now. So I don't know. He is kind of involved.
1: Yeah, you know what? He said it's supposed to be that they're swearing fealty, but he actually sent them after Jojen revealed the Green Dream about... Ah, uh, the winged wolf, the chained up uh, wolf, and Halland stirred because of magic, right? Yeah, like he, he uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a really tough, tough thing. I just feel like Helen Reed is definitely maybe the catalyst of where Rhaegar and Lyanna met, and that's the Night of the Laughing Tree story for sure. Here's something about and Reed that I've been thinking about for years. So, do you remember whenever? And we'll get to it when Catelyn sends edward's bones north and mm-hmm. they go missing at the neck
0: mm-hmm. yeah i've never thought about that. Now that, but now that but now that you're bringing it up that's a good point yeah
1: dude at the neck his best friend's bones goes missing
0: who has all this like weird magic that we don't even know what it is dude i i think- i know and people are gonna be like well that's crazy but there's literally a freaking zombie mountain running around
1: yeah, 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 Remember, we yeah, are in a yeah. fantasy series, right? <laughs> Magic's coming right. back into the world. But even then, it's just like, even if it's not Hall and Reed, where are Ned's bones? That is not just going to, yeah. they no, didn't just gonna, go whoopsie.
0: No, yeah, it's 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 going to be a thing. Now, do you, I mean, some of the, like the Ned is like, Wargs into a raven that was flying. It, no, and, no, you know, that's absurd. Nah, I'm love out, that out theory on that. though
1: I love that It's theory. it's fun
0: for what it is, but I'm I'm out. I'm out on Yeah, that.
1: it's absolutely not not possible. And I don't think Ed coming back to life or anything. But who right. knows? Maybe maybe um maybe there's a chance alan Reed took and buried his bones on the Isle of Faces.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, Reed, God. the biggest
1: question mark in the
0: entire series. I, I, absolutely, he's either going to be the most massive player, or he's going to be like one of those kind of like Benjamin was in the show where you see him and it gives yeah. you a little thing, but it's like, it's like the real, like you, sometimes you have those people in the story. So it's this whole big deal. And then they show up kind of like, um, like when Sirius black shows up in Harry Potter, like to mm-hmm. like fight and then he gets killed, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, Oh, you know, he's only there for like a little bit and he fights, you know, against what's her name. Lestrange and gets, you know, gets killed. Yeah. And it's such, it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, this like a uh, moment, you know, this, like, like, that might be Hall and Reed. Like, Hall and Reed shows up, does something awesome, gives us just enough information to go on, but then gets killed. I can see that happening with his character.
1: And in the books, we don't know if Hall and Reed was with Eddard at the Tower of Joy. We do. No, we do. Save for Hall and Reed. Hall and Reed, we know
0: that we know that Ned makes it out of there because of Hall and Reed, but we don't know what he did.
1: Okay, so... This also is a little bit strange, right? Because there's always the question of how did Ned and Hallen Reed beat up the Kings, right? Like, how did they do this thing? And, right. But see,
0: the, yeah. See, but the interesting thing is, is in the show, obviously, we see this thing where Hallen just like sort of like comes up behind and stabs the back. The other thing about that, though, is I mean, Ned Stark does go with her, there was sort of like a group of guys, but it's not just Arthur Dane. Like, that's the thing I think people forget. Is it's not just like, oh, I mean, it's Arthur Dane and two other Kingsguard members,
1: yes. And like, specifically, not, yeah, yeah. by like, the way, your specific- High
0: Tower is a boss,
1: too. Yes, and Hallen, specifically, spe- sorry, specifically, <laughs> Ned told Bran that Hallen had saved his life from Sir Arthur Dane. Mm-hmm. Now, how would Hallen Reed save his life if he got beat up by three squires? Now, exact- yeah,
0: it, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, that's this- the whole that's and that's why i don't think he was the i i don't think because it's like he lives in the neck like how is somebody who how is somebody who lives in the neck which is the swamps going to ride a horse and like i mean jousting it's not it's not an easy thing to do so i think that's why it's obvious it's liana i do there are people who make an argument that it could be like brandon stark and we it's like we
1: yeah, it's just you know. not I don't know if it really does much for the story, if it is right. Yeah, so about, actually
0: like, the the I pulled it up here, the um the the Cantus post that I that we'll we'll do like a big Patreon thing. We you and I talked about this, like what we want to do for Patreon next year, uh and doing like a big like Heron Hall uh thing. Um he argues that actually he's like we will probably never know, and that's not really the important like who the Night of the Laughing Tree thing isn't the important part. Because his whole deal is he argues that there's actually going into Harrenhal, you know, all these, like, there, it's not like there's the political thing of Rhaegar sends everyone because he wants to say, hey, I want to overthrow my dad. And that there was actually, his whole belief is that there was actually already another sort of alliance being formed um, that was ready to overthrow all of the Targaryens of, like, mm-hmm. Robert Baratheon and Ned, like, and the Starks and... Um, the errand so basically because once they get kidnapped it's like they marched to war pretty fast and so it feels like he what well, he, he sort of argues that some of those pieces were already moving and that it's actually when Rhaegar meets Liana, it's not so much that oh he meets her and like falls in love with her it's that he meets her and she sort of tells him some of the details that oh hey actually there's this like other group of people and maybe if you could persuade them to your side then yeah yeah. So, like, so it's more of like the political side of the story. And anyway, we, we we will do, we'll do that. I think maybe in like January, we'll do like the big, we'll start a big mega breakdown of, of Heron Hall and everything with some of this stuff in it
1: too. Yeah. Um, dude, like, here's the thing about Holland Reed that's interesting, right? Is that he went and fought at the Tower of Joy, which means that if he was the person that kind of led to the meeting of Liana and Rhaegar, right? If he did that, then he would have had believed that Rhaegar did kidnap Liana because he was fighting for that cause. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, but then he would have saw that Liana gave birth to John. So he's one of the, well, see, in the world and that's, who knows that.
0: Yes. And that's, and that's what, that's where the big theory of, which I don't know that I'm 100% in on, but I, if it turns out to be true, I think, because I don't think that like N plus A equals J, which is like Ned plus Ashara now i'm out on that i do think the the second most likely thing is that mira is is um john's twin yeah that i think one, that's I, a pretty interesting theory because that to me allows for a bunch of other theories to exist so i'm not saying like i like it's not my 100 percent go-to but it's like second like i i think that's likely because then it would set up a scenario in which john or which um Howland and ned get down there because i don't think they even fight i think they get down there they tell him hey Rhaegar's dead Here's what's going on they hear a baby cry and i think like save for Howland is Howland like calms the situation down and we create the thing in which arthur dane like goes to the wall and everybody goes up there and it's like a whole big, whole big other deal. Because to me, the whole fact that Regar would leave Arthur Dane, like you could send, I don't know, you could send Barrison Selmy down there. You could send, uh, I know Barrison has his own stuff, which, um you know, because he sort of kind of loved Ashara and some of these other things too. Yeah. um But I just don't see, I just, it's still just so shocking to me that he sends Arthur Dane to protect, you know, liana at the tower yeah. joy which with john and doesn't have him on the field of battle where he's going one on like he's going to go one-on-one with robert baratheon well you have thing. to
1: remember so two things one Rhaegar thinks that this child is the most important thing in the world it is literally the f- prophecy fulfilled we think and <laughs> Rhaegar's right. delusional Rhaegar's yep. delusional thing he could be robbie baratheon one-on-one and in any other fantasy story, Rhaegar would have won because that's Prince Charming. But instead, he was destroyed by a Warhammer and the belligerent, big chested brute wins, right? Conan wins. So I think that should tell us how important Rhaegar felt this birth was is that he sent literally the best to guard it, right? So I think that that shows that Rhaegar probably valued this kid's life over his own. Cause
0: he, cause the song of ice and fire process that we're seeing in house of the dragon play out now, which is so sweet.
1: Well, And another thing folks, listen, I know that we got the parentage reveal in the show and I know a lot of the listeners are are show watchers. This is why the books are more interesting because that, that scene is not just going to be John find Like we find out that it's John, we know this. There are so many other things that have to happen at the tower of joy. Arthur Danes demise or escape ned and ashara and that relationship and why is he he takes the sword back and then they name a kid after him yeah i know and see that's
0: that's why i believe arthur dane's still alive because because i just don't see a scenario in which and that that's the other thing about mira like that it's what almost makes me and maybe it's because we're in a mirror chapter where it almost makes me believe that mira is john's is john's twin because then it, it gives it gives us a reason why Hall and Reed would never leave the neck in a time of peace, right? Because if he comes and he brings his daughter and people are like, wow, Mira and John kind of look alike, and people might start putting the pieces together, right? Because mm. I mean, like, you know, even as readers, we're like, hold on a second i mean this is you know the first time i figured out r plus l equals j before i realized it was the biggest theory in the world you know because i was just reading it and not putting the pieces together because that's what drove me in really when i watched the first few episodes like well i gotta figure out who like john snow's mom is this is like the whole deal right i was like this has to be like the whole key to the whole story right and i started thinking about it. i was like hold on a second here how is it that ned stark the most loyal dude ever like slips up with some random barmaid comes and it and hold on he gets back and it would take all this time and the, like you have to have nine months to have a baby so he would have had to have had a kid then go picks the you know what I mean he goes to the te- like you start doing the math and you're like none of this adds up so the fact that Howland Reed would never leave the neck in times of peace which like people can't even find the thing right I mean it's almost like it's almost like clicking your garage door close once it's closed people you know. People aren't going to get in, man. It's like nobody knows how to get there. Like they can't drive horses and stuff in. So it's like you could pretty freely leave and go north if you wanted to go see your old friend. But I, it could be because if he shows up with this kid and people are like, wow, Mira is kind of the same age as John. And she kind of looks like him. And hold on a second. Didn't Ned and Howland like hang out a bunch when they were riding in the, the nine month? And they start doing the math. And i might be like, wow, it's because they're like twins.
1: Yeah, the only thing I I think would be tough is that we know that Liana's last words are Ned promise me, Ned promise me, not Ned and Helen promise me, right? So I, 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 well I I kind of, that's because, that's because she might just be talking
0: to her. That's just because she might just be talking to her brother. Yeah,
1: and they said that Helen is the one that removed his, uh, Ed and Liana's hands, right? Whenever he's holding her hand while she dies. But where is that at? It's in the, it's in the book. It basically oh, yeah. it it's like uh Eddard found Liana and was with his sister when she died. Helen was among those who found Ned still holding Liana silent with grief. Oh, remember the yes, person yes. who took Liana's hand from Edard's. Yeah. So my only thing is is like if if we're gonna say it's Ned's bastards, like having a twin is worse than having one, right? Like you would just say, I had bastards like together, and then they could still grow up together. Like, I don't know what the point yeah. of separating them would be, I guess. Um, now uh, what I will tell you is that it is very interesting, very interesting that that Mira looks like John is described very similarly to John. You want to hear some crackpot theory? You ready? Yeah. What what if what if Hall and Reed and Liana had at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole the whole deal is her age. I'm saying he's a spearman. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. The whole
0: deal the whole deal is her age, and the fact that we never hear anything about her mother. Like that's the other thing that's sort of interesting. Yeah, where do these and, kids
1: pop out from?
0: Right, and again, it's also we, this is where we might be a little more influenced by the show, mm-hmm. right? Because Show Mira looks an awful lot like Show John. Uh, oh no you know what i mean like maybe the books it's not as you know it's it's certainly it might not be like as different but show me i mean her hair dude i mean the, is that the same hairstylist do i mean i know they <laughs> it's have different Harrington is actually dude, i mean didn't. i mean look at them though i mean seriously it they i mean
1: <laughs> they look like they could be brother and sister so i i put the mira is john's twin into the same bucket. That I put Cersei and Jamie are Targaryens where it's like, well, there's enough there to where like you could say this is a possibility, but most likely
0: I, I think it's I think it's a step above that because like Cersei and Jamie being Targaryens really only does like it doesn't it's like small level stuff like it doesn't impact the story. Whereas like this is like big this could be a big deal.
1: Well, it, it, it does. So the Cersei and Jamie thing, it definitely helps the story in the sense that it's another slight to Tywin that his only real child would have been Tyrion in the first place. Mm-hmm. So th- that that would have been interesting. But I don't think that's the case. Uh, like, I don't believe that theory, but I do like thinking about that theory. I think it, the timeline, unfortunately, does not match. So right. Uh, the also- only other. Yeah, I was gonna say also it kind of makes a commentary on Aries and how absolutely insane he was, and he, the fact that he was cuckolding Tywin for a while, right? Pretty well. The I guess the other the other thing is that
0: I know it's not as weird when you're talking about like Targaryens or whatever doing it is that Mira might legitimately end up being like. I mean, <laughs> Mira might end up being as crazy as a sense. She might end up queen. You think? Well, I mean, the show they just brands just like we'll see you later in the books. I don't think that's oh well, happen.
1: I, yeah, it's, that's not gonna happen in the books.
0: But like, I, well, I guess what I'm what I'm saying though is like when when Mira has that scene in the show, which I do think, I don't know, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. I mean, she may end up being queen because if Brand becomes king, right. th- Brand th- King, yeah, he might okay. get married to her. Like, sir, I mean, legitimately, that that she might end up that, that's. That's you know something that you, that's a like theory you never really think about. But Mira Reed at the end of this whole thing might end up as queen of Westeros. I kind of love it.
1: <laughs> I'm not I don't lie. think
0: I don't think people. I, I've never <laughs> seen somebody theorize that before. But it kind of I mean logically I it could be it could be the case. Mira as Reed. Mira Reed might be queen of Westeros at at the end on the last page.
1: And Helen reads the hand. Let's go. Helen <laughs> Reed would be a terrible hand. He doesn't understand any politics. He literally lives in a swamp. It's like it's yeah. like going down to like backwater Louisiana. Queen Queen Queen
0: Mira Reed. Might Stark might might be sit the. If Brand dies, she could sit the Iron Throne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I I mean, she's saying
0: you don't know man
1: i do like that though i mean i i think mira definitely has a bigger pl- part to play in the story post uh north stuff uh, how howland reed re-, re enters the story is beyond me but i know that he's going to howland reed yeah. will matter in the story um part of me wonders if he could help out with the battle of the bastards but i don't he's not a here comes the calvary guy because he doesn't have a calvary So it's going to have to be in some like very covert way. Yeah. So the, the interesting,
0: for me, when Howland reemerges, it's going to have to be a scenario in which, in which I guess, I guess the question is how is the information about Jon Snow's parentage going to be, revealed in the show they did it with Bran and a vision seeing the tower of joy we might not actually get that in the books i've often said that i think because then you know like like some it's also sort of revealed to sam like when he reads it and stuff mm-hmm. like that um i kind of think that that's going to be the case is that it's actually going to be john connington who sort of maybe reveals it or reveals like a piece of it to the reader, in which it's John Connington at the Citadel instead of Jorah Mormont, like we got in the show, getting his grayscale removed by Sam. Hey, what's going on here? We get some of these pieces. Oh, you know what? John like Snow, we might, you know, get some of those things. Because John Connington might put the pieces together and he actually might know that mm-hmm. John Snow is actually he's like, Hold on a second here. You know, like I knew Liana
1: was pregnant. You know, Ned Stark uh, and by the way, Connington would switch on Young Griff so fast. Oh yeah, like yeah. It, would, it would be immediate.
0: Well, that's only if he doesn't think he's legit, which I right. think he does. Right, right, because that would technically be Rhaegar's first kid. Connington is one hundred percent under the idea that Griff is real. Right, so he may find out that he's not, and then. Or he may reveal that, oh, Rhaegar actually had another. Like, maybe that's what it'll be, is, like, it's one of those, like, end of the page type of a things in which, like, we get that scene of Sam removing the grayscale. And it's like, well, Rhaegar actually may have had another. And, like, that's just the end of it. And then it's fully revealed by either, like, Howland Reed or something. because Because... I guess I, we don't need the brand tower of joy scene. Like that's great for TV because you get the shot of like the baby's eye and then yeah, it cuts to yeah. John and like King of the North. Like it's just one of those things that comes across better on screen. Amazing, my favorite part of the entire freaking series. Plus, then we get the King of the North, Jon Snow scene. Which I would say awesome. King of the North is your favorite. Yeah, I can I can quote it. It's so good. I listen. I literally listen. The <laughs> theme song that's going on in the background is on my playlist. I listen to it while I'm splitting wood all the time. It's so. <laughs> um. But uh. It's great for bench pressing too. You just like ah oh, yeah, just be, you know, it's great. Love it. Um. Anyway, so because Hall and Reed in the in the show was never really like explained a bunch. Mm-hmm. In the books, he's he's obviously way more important. He knows much more, and we've been told that stories have to, are going to be told another time. And unlike Star Wars, I think those stories will actually be
1: told. Of course, that's if George can finish the stories. Yeah, of course. Uh, here's one way that we could get Hall and Reed into the story. What if, after all this Brienne stuff is kind of resolved, Lady Stoneheart goes up to the Isle of Faces to go after one of the Bannermen that wasn't, like, Ned's best friend, other than Robert Baratheon, who was not there for him? What if Lady Stoneheart heads north and looking for the bones, right? The bones went missing. Catelyn knows the bones went missing. She's Lady Stoneheart. She's out for vengeance. She might say, before I rest, well, she's not going to say anything, but, you know, before she rests, she has to find these bones, and that's what takes her to Howland Reed. You know, actually that that's a very good idea.
0: Because yeah, I've often, I've often thought of what's going to be the demise of Lady Stoneheart. Um and I've often thought it would be like she sees Arya and mm-hmm. like Arya comes back over kind of like she does in the show and cuz she she is she's going to come over but the question about when Arya comes back over is like what's the state of everything going to be cuz you know Sansa's in such a different spot. Um I do I do think it'd be so I kind of thought that she would end up running into Catelyn Stark, Lady Stoneheart, and it would almost be like kind of like a ghost that like, oh, now my purpose is fulfilled and she sees her daughter is safe. But then Arya is also Arya is going to see it. What if Arya has to like like her? I am mean, gonna she's going to give her mercy.
1: Yeah, it could. It could be a mercy killing, uh, especially since Arya's chapter wins the winner is called mercy, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, this is not going to happen. So. You guys can just ignore me, but wouldn't it be interesting considering that Barrett gave her life if somehow she's the one that gives John back his life? Because yeah. the arc of her and John has exactly. been so, With- you know, such a tumultuous relationship. And yeah. for her, that would be like a really nice arc for her. Um, yeah, because there John- are moments where she talks about Jon Snow. Well, especially because John is the last Stark alive. Maybe she, maybe right. she, fe- you know. But you would have to get her north of the wall. Wins a winner. Right. It ain't
0: happening. It's I would.
1: Happen. Well, I don't know.
0: Um, I would love the. I, I would. I would love the idea of her, um. Of her realizing that actually Ned Stark never
1: betrayed her. It would be nice. I don't know if we'll it get. It would be nice in Game of Thrones, but I. I, I mean, I would love it. Yeah, it's like I just don't know how you get just,
0: her up there though. It's just hard. It, well, I don't think she needs to get north of the wall. I mean, she could show up to a potential battle of the bastards. It all depends on when John gets resurrected. Well, like yes. if John, John might not get resurrected until the end of, so we might not even. I've talked about that too. There may be no battle of the bastards. Man, that'd be wild, wouldn't it? there could be other battles like it could just be it could just be sansa takes the knights of the veil vale and and once bolton realizes that that's not the actual Arya stark and like you know theon may cause some more mischief up there too and mm-hmm. once stan once stannis is kind of once stannis is kind of pushed down it may end up it may actually you know what it could actually be flipped around what if it's it could be Sansa takes the knights of the veil up there and it's john that brings his new wildling armory now that he's no longer tied to the knights watch down and saves her because she may say i want to take she she may take her army with young griff potentially up there
1: jesus there's so much way to consider though because remember princess shireen has to burn george gave them that point so like how do we get back up there to do that
0: i think that i think we're pretty i think you're pretty much already there because i think that um, I think it's you know we're gonna we know we're gonna start with the battle of like winter right, which is gonna be Stannis and everything. But some people think Stannis might not lose. I don't know. I i Stannis is spectators. Stannis is Stannis to me if of is the single hardest. and maybe I don't know. Maybe George is already he's he's just already decided. But for me, if I were trying to finish the story, which I am by the way not qualified to do, I'm I just want to get to this point out here. Okay. Jimmy and I love a song of ice and fire, okay, and we speculate it on, speculate about it all the time. But sometimes I see other Game of Thrones content creators saying that, like, oh, like George should just hire me to help finish. No, stop, okay. None of us are qualified enough to assist George. He's like, he's a genius level writer. So sometimes I just throw out, we throw out speculations of things we think. But like, I could not for the life of me figure out how to how 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 to go about in like the best possible narrative way, finishing Stannis's point, which to me, I think would be the hardest part. Like if I had, if I were writing these books to finish, that's the hardest part to finish because you have to get past it to get anything else going.
1: Yeah. And it removes another player from like the actual game of Thrones. Right. Um, Right. Part of me feels like it is going to have to revolve around Brienne because either Brienne, Is either going to get there and fulfill her oath of killing Stannis with Oathkeeper, which would be cool, or she's going to fall short like she did in the show? They had a deleted scene with her staring at Stannis's dead body. Blah 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 blah. I I do feel like they have to be in the same vicinity when he dies, but maybe not. Maybe George just lets it go to the wayside because you know she has the oath to go get Sansa and Arya and everything. So it's up in the air, but I feel like Stannis would be such an interesting character for when the white walkers do come. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I know, I know a lot of people think you're on, I mean, we don't really know about the end game with the white walkers and stuff like that, but I do kind of like the idea of like Stannis getting taken over and being cause it's like the whole deal was he was Lightbringer. Now he's like this false one. And then like mm-hmm. John and him do have a relationship. So since we don't have an actual like night King, like we did in the show, you know like a stannis kind of being the one like leading them like melisandre you failed me like going like batshit crazy after he mm-hmm. burns his daughter you know what i mean but the way it kind of happens in the show where he's just like so morally defeated once he realized everything he's done i think that's most likely what's gonna happen i do i think that's the most likely scenario for for stannis
1: yeah, one of the hardest things, too, is that we do get a lot of Stannis in the books, but Stannis was like a main POV in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, it depends on Davos is really our, our vehicle and then Melisandre later on. But I I think there's got to be some book like Stan. A, book Stannis is one of my favorite characters. Oh, I love it. Stannis the Manus all the way. One true king. But we're going to have to have a POV near Stannis when he dies. Hmm. Like we're not getting the Stannis yeah. POV. So is it Melisandre going to be next to him when he dies? Is it going to be Davos? Is Davos going to be the one to kill him?
0: Yeah. Uh This see, this is
1: the whole deal, man.
0: It's all. It's, he
1: is the block,
0: right? He is the shield that guards. Winds Winter realms from of being end. <laughs> the realms of end. Yes, he is it because you you have. You, I'm maybe he's already finished it and because George says he's never said I, I'm struggling with like Stannis and other people chapters he's like I'm struggled with Cersei and
1: well I knew we Cersei wrote a chapter, handful of uh, is... Melisandre chapters which I assume will end up around did he Stanna. mention Davos I thought he mentioned Davos recently I don't know because we I'd were I'd talking have... about um Rickon and stuff like that right bro no, I mean we, there, there's there's so many things and we get to these points by talking about an event that happened many many years ago in the night of the lab at trade Attorney in Harrenhal so like it's just crazy how George has linked these things and all these false narratives. By the way, like the false tale of what happened with Rhaegar and Liana, the false tale of the night of the Laughing Tree. Like, I see why it's so hard to wrap up. I get it. Yeah, crazy. It's,
0: it's crazy. So I think that's I think that's an that's an okay spot because this is what happens sometimes. So we just get to the point where it's like, well, I, I'm cra- I don't know. It's 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 what happens every time. So ah, uh, it's why I love why i love diving into it so next week's by the way is actually going to be a well next week we might uh i don't know i haven't looked at this outline
1: there's a good amount to talk about i mean we could probably so do we a might... chapter as well but
0: we'll see okay so we'll see so certainly next time we're going to be diving into the now newly leaked outline of a feast for crows um, so we will certainly do that, but our, our next chapter, and again, if you guys want to read ahead, um, and send us your thoughts and like a Raven, and we do mm-hmm. have some Ravens piled up that we want to, uh, we do that too. So December might be kind of an odd month. Um, just because like the holidays and everything. So we'll just, I know other people are taking mm-hmm. listeners are taking holidays and stuff like that as well. So. But certainly go ahead and send us those Ravens and we can, uh, if you want to share your thoughts on the chapter we'll be reading next time, which is Davos
1: three. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment or send us a Raven at btkcast at gmail.com or com. We'll see you next time. And remember that winter is coming.